0: Ready to give you a solo, but y'all wouldn't keep clapping. <laughs> he said, "If they ain't gonna clap, I ain't getting no more." <laughs> Amen. I hear you, man. Well, uh, today is a special occasion on more than many levels, but uh, one is is uh, I want to introduce you to somebody. If you've never met him, uh, a fine young man, Brent. Come here. Brett Marlowe has been part of our youth program and our children's program since there was one here, since I've been here. And um, I just want you to know Brett because uh, Brett started off as what some people might call a rounder. (laughs) Would you agree with that? Yes. He was a little rounder, and now he's a little bit taller rounder. But Brett has really grown up, man. Not only are we friends, uh, not only are we brothers in Christ Uh, But uh, Brett has really been a good influence on a lot of young people. And today's his birthday. And so just as an honor to Brett and what he's done and what God has done through him, would you go with me and just sing happy birthday to him? Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to the (laughs) rounders. Happy birthday to you. I love you, man. Amen. Good job, Brett. Proud of you. 14 years old. When did you start? You're seven, right? Six? Six years old. Wow. So, uh, man, I tell you what, what a blessing it's been. And uh, it's, it's good to see all the hands uh, that have been a part of, uh, of Brett's growth. From the little bitty children's leaders all the way up to our youth leaders today. Uh, What a blessing it is. Well, um, I have been struck on several occasions by our marquee in the front of the church. I pray that you take the time to read those from time to time. Um, Chad Hall does those as he's led by the Lord to do those. And on the north side of the marquee, if you haven't noticed, it says it's time to pray. And it doesn't take you long to look at the news or to look at the status of our country and realize, man, he was right on target. It is time to pray. Um, And then, as I was praying about your message this morning, um, I entitled it, It's Time to Man Up. And so this message is specifically for men, but Let me tell you, there's plenty our ladies can glean from it, too. And then tonight, the message will be called, It's Time, again, It's Time to Clean Up. So it's certainly time for our nation to pray. It's time for our nation's men to man up. And it's time for our nation's population to clean up. In the book of 1 Chronicles, the very first chapter begins a genealogy. It begins a family tree that begins with Adam, the very first man, and then it records 3,500 years of the nation of Israel. Now, I wondered, why would you waste so much time in the Bible talking about somebody's family tree? Well, I I realized that there are things that that part of the Bible is saying to me, uh, that The Bible can speak to me through that genealogy or as a result of that genealogy about the Jewish family tree. Uh, It's saying and reminding me that God is on the throne, whether it was then or whether it's today. It's reminding me that God is in control, whether it's back then or whether it's today. It's reminding me that God's hand has been and is... On the hands of all his people. It tells me that God is absolutely sovereign over every facet of this world. But it also shows me that when God's people obey him, he blesses them. And when God's people disobey him, then he's forced to discipline them. As the chapters go in 1 Chronicles, we get to chapter 9, and chapter 9 begins describing several groups of people within the nation of Israel. And then there's this one group within the groups, and it's a choice group of people. It's a group of about 1,760 people, to be exact. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 13, the Bible says this. They, talking about that choice group of 1,760 men, they were very able men for the work of the service in the house of God. Now, I had to do a little research to help me understand what that phrase, a very able man, meant. And what that phrase means is that these were mighty men of God. That these were strong men of God. That these were hardworking men of God. That these were courageous men of God. And it reminded me in that verse 13 that God needed and used very able men back then, and that God needs. And uses very able men today as well. The greatest problem is this. Many men just won't take a stand for Jesus. It's easy to on Sunday morning. But what about Monday morning in the workplace? It's easy to when you're around Christian friends, but what about when you're with lost people? We need men who will take a stand for Jesus. There are men who simply aren't totally committed to the work of service here at the house of God. And do you know that's what Bethel means? Bethel means, it's an Old Testament word, Beth meaning uh, home or house of, and El is a uh, short for Elohim, which is the one and only true God. So uh, we are, our namesake is the house of the one and only true God, Bethel. And here at Bethel, there, we are like no other church, or we're like just about every other church, rather, that we too have problems with men willing to take a stand and be totally committed for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have to tell you, there are consequences. There are consequences not only in the individual man's life and in the life of his family, but there's also consequences uh, for the house of the one and only true God. For many days, there was an old farmer who had been plowing outside, and he had an old mule on one side of the plow and an ox on the other side of the plow. And day after day, he worked that team of a, a mule and an ox pretty hard. And one afternoon, the ox said to the mule, Does that even strike y'all as being weird? Anyway, the ox said to the mule, Let's play sick today and rest a little while. Farmer's been working us pretty hard. And that old mule said, Nah. He said, no, let's get the work done because the season is short. Well, the next morning, the ox played sick. And the farmer came to the ox and he gave him fresh hay and uh, corn and tried to make that ox just as comfortable as he possibly could. And when the mule came in from plowing at the end of the day, the ox said, "Uh, how did you make out today? Well, the mule said, well, we didn't get as much done as we wanted but we made it all right. And then the ox said, well, um, what would the old man say about me? The mule said, well, nothing really. So the next day, the ox thought he had it pretty good. And so he decided he was going to play sick again. So the old mule went out and worked all day long, came back in from an afternoon of hard work, very tired. And the ox said to the mule, well, how did it go? The mule said, all right, I guess, but we just didn't get much done. And then again, the ox asked, well, what did the old man say about me? And the mule said, well, he didn't say anything directly, but he did stop and have a long talk with the butcher. (laughs) You had to know that was coming, right? (laughs) A very able man is a man that's totally committed to what God wants to accomplish on this planet before the curtain falls on the human era. A very able man is totally committed. And I ask myself this question, why? Why wouldn't men who profess to love God not be totally committed to God in their churches today? And after some thought, it didn't take me long to to realize that the main reason is is because many men have their priorities so drastically out of order. And I said, but there has to be more to it than that. And so I said, well, another reason that they're not totally committed is because this work in the church demands more than they're willing to give. I agreed with that too. But then I thought, Well, maybe they think that they don't have the ability to serve the Lord as a very able man in the church. And that's what led to this message this morning. I thought that maybe we needed to remind ourselves of what abilities very able men need to have in order to accomplish the work of God. And the first ability is this. Very able men are men of availability. Men, we need to make ourselves available to God. Isaiah said in Isaiah 6, 8, he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Whom will go for us? And Isaiah waved his hand and he said, Here I am. Send me. That's exactly right. Isaiah was a man who was available to the call of service in the Lord's work. Unlike Isaiah today, many men are simply not available to the Lord's work. Many have put this sign around their life that says, Do not disturb. Don't bug me. I've got too much on my plate. I've got too much to do. I'm too busy right now. i got my arms in too many fires. I've got too many things going on in my life. But I want to remind you that Moses was busy tending sheep when he came upon the burning bush. I want to remind you that Gideon was busy Busy threshing wheat when the angel of the Lord came and told him that God wanted him to rescue the people of God. I want to remind you that Saul was busy looking for donkeys for the farm before God called him to be king of his people. I want to remind you that Elisha was busy plowing a field before Elijah came up and told him, You're going to be the next prophet in Israel. I want to remind you that Nehemiah was busy being a cupbearer for the king of Persia when he asked if he could go back and rebuild the city of Jerusalem. James and John were busy, busy mending fishing nets before Jesus came to them and said, I want you boys to be fishers of men. Matthew was busy, busy collecting taxes. When Jesus came up to him and said, son, I want you to follow me. And he did. Here's the kicker. Every one of them was busy. But every single one of them responded to God's call of service. Men, if you're here today and you're breathing, God is calling you to service. He's calling you as a very able man, a mighty man of God, a courageous man of God, and he's calling you into the work of service here at this church. So if you're too busy, if you're too busy for God's work, I want to tell you something this morning. You are too busy. Some of today's men need to allow God to rearrange their schedule a little bit. We need to let God use us and we need to quit using God. Amen? Men, I want to encourage you this morning. Make yourself available to God. Make yourself available to Him. But here's another ability that very able men have. Very able men are also men of dependability. See, Paul encouraged men in the Corinthian church with these words. He said 1 Corinthians 4 1 let a man so consider us as servants of God and stewards of the mysteries of God moreover it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Faithful. Why does God ask his men to be faithful? Because he is faithful. And we are called to be imitators of God as dear children. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible says that God is faithful. He is faithful. And we are called according to his grace. See, not everybody's a preacher. Not everybody's a singer, as you just learned. Everybody was singing good except for Kyle. Not everybody can preach. Not everybody can sing. Not everybody can teach. But listen carefully. Everybody, every man in this room can be faithful. Let me ask you this question. Do you apply the same standards of faithfulness to your Christian activities that you do in every other area of your life? Let me explain. If your car starts uh, one out of every three tries, is it reliable? If you don't go to work, but maybe once or twice a month, are you a loyal employee? If your refrigerator stops working for a day or two every now and then, do you say, oh, well, it works most of the time? If your water heater gives you an icy cold shower every now and then, you consider it to be dependable? If you miss a couple of loan payments on your house every year, does the bank say, well, you know, 10 out of 12 ain't bad? No. If my car fails to start and I can't fix it, she's a goner. Amen? If I decided that I was only going to preach every other Sunday, I would expect to be fired. If my fridge stops working, I'm going to replace it. If uh, I'm forced to take a cold shower, then my water heater is history. And if I skip a loan payment, the bank's going to call that note, and they're going to get rid of me. But I wondered, if I failed to worship and serve God just one or two weeks out of the month, Would God call me a faithful Christian? Would I be considered dependable? Or would He say, He's got to go? He's not dependable. He's not very reliable. You see, we expect faithfulness, we expect dependability from things and from other people. Doesn't God expect the same thing from us? Would say that he does. The problem is this: when it comes to church things, many times we consider consider ourselves to be volunteers. And as a volunteer, I mean, you can get by with anything. As a volunteer, anything's acceptable. But for a bond servant of Jesus Christ, a bond servant of the Lord who considers him or herself to be duty-bound. Man, faithlessness is just not acceptable. You know, in our day, I just think we need some old-fashioned, God-honoring, Christ-centered, spirit-motivated, church-minded faithfulness. We've got so much that needs to be done. So many people that need to be reached. We need some very able men. Take a stand for Jesus. Men, be dependable. Be dependable. There's another ability for very able men, and that is this. Very able men are men of mobility. Mobility. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, And he, Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You may remember the story of when Jesus ascended to heaven. And the story goes like this. After his mission was finished on earth, the angels asked him a question. And they said, Jesus, did you accomplish your task? And Jesus said, yes, it is finished. And the angels said, well, we have a second question for you. Has the whole world heard of you? And Jesus said, no. No. And then the angels asked him, then what is your plan? And Jesus said, I've left 12 very able men and many other followers to carry the message to the whole world. And the angels started laughing at him. And they shook their head at Jesus. And they said, man, what's your plan B? Listen, church. There's no plan B. There's no plan B. There's no plan B. Say that with me. There's no plan B. If you don't do it, it won't be done. Men, we need to be men of, of mobility, carrying the message that Jesus desires to the, get the message out to every creature on the planet. To preach the gospel to every creature, very able men must be willing to get going, to get with it, to be mobile. But very able men are not only men of availability and dependability and mobility, very able men are also men of compatibility. The Bible says that we are co-workers with God. Now what an awesome privilege that is to be a co-worker with God. The Bible says that we are God's fellow workers. The problem is is that many of God's men are not holding up their end of the bargain. When it comes to you, men, are you holding up your end of the bargain? Or are you letting God do all the work? He desires to use you it is his work. But God has chosen to use men and women just like you and I. And if this works to be done, then we must be compatible. That is, we must work in harmony with God and with each other. We've got to keep on working. But sometimes that word we is not in some people's vocabulary. It's always about I and my. Amen. But listen to what Ecclesiastes shares. And I got, had the privilege of sharing this uh, Wednesday with our children as I was trying to teach them about how important other people are than me. Because in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, the Bible says that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift the other up, and woe to him who is alone when he falls. My mom fell in the kitchen about a couple weeks ago. And before she did that, she wouldn't touch that walker. But that scared her because she was all alone. She didn't have anybody to help her up. She don't let go of that walker now, amen? Again, if two are together, they will keep warm. But how does one keep warm all by himself? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Friend, we need to have men of compatibility, working well with others, working well together, iron sharpening iron. I heard a story of a boy who was working, uh, pumping the organ. Now you may not know this, but years back, uh, there would be an organ and there would actually be a child that would go in under the organ and he would pump the air into the bellows and he would make that organ actually function while the player actually tickled the keys. So this boy was sitting there pumping the old pump style organ and a certain lady was playing it and after the service, that little boy came up to her and said, Man, we sure played that thing good today, didn't we? And she said, What's this weed business? I'm the one that played it. And so the next Sunday rolled around and she started to play. And guess what came out of that organ? Nothing. Amen. And she kept trying to play it and it wouldn't play. All she heard was a voice come from out under that organ that said, is it we or me? (laughs) Let's face it. Without other people. Without brothers and sisters in Christ, without like-minded believers to serve alongside of us, we are utter failures. I can't do a single thing without you. We can't do a single thing without each other. We need each other. And very able men serve God in harmony with one another and realizing that we are co-laborers yoked together for the purpose of glorifying God. Now, there's one last ability that very able men have. And very, men, very able men are men of stability. See, today's men of God need to learn to stand firm in their faith. Because the attacks have only begun. So we're going to need to learn to stand fast. Galatians 5.1 tells us to stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Men, if you're listening, say amen. If you're listening, say amen. Amen. We are in a spiritual battle, men. The devil knows that if he can attack and win the battle against men, he's got it whooped. So men, we are in a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle that's not way off in the distance. No, it's right here. It's right now. And it's today. So what do we have to do? I don't know what you have to do, but whatever you got to do, you better do it today. You better start being a man of stability, standing firm, standing fast in your relationship with Christ. Now, it's no secret that, that I'm an ultimate fighting fan. I love watching UFC on TV. Martial artists go at it. And they fight and they fight until they knock one another out. One of the greatest flaws in the UFC is dropping your guard. The minute you drop your guard, that mistake will lead you to get knocked out. Men, often in our Christian walk, We drop our guard. We drop our guard. Consider this. We dropped our guard when it came to prayer in school. And now what happened? It got knocked out. Several decades ago, Christians dropped their guard in a court case called Roe v. Wade. And now... The World Health Organization estimates that over 40 million children a year are being aborted worldwide. In the United States, it's 3,000 a day. We dropped our guard and 3,000 kids got knocked out every day. We failed. We failed to remain steadfast in our faith. We dropped our guard. And friend, we're getting knocked out. So we need to learn to be very able men who are men of stability. Our families, our churches, our Lord is depending upon us to stand firm, to stand fast in the faith. So we gotta persevere to the end, despite the challenges, despite the adversity, despite the persecution, and we've got to keep on going until Jesus comes back to get us. Gotta stand fast. And whatever you do, man, don't drop your guard. When we drop our guard, we'll get knocked out. See, there's a roaring lion who's out there, who's hunting the weak. There's a roaring lion that's out there and he's going after the helpless sheep. You know which ones I'm talking about, right? Our little ones. Our CIA children. Yeah, the enemy's after them just like he is our men. Those ones that are not even aware that he exists, he's after them. Those those ones that Are part of families whose lives are at stake. He's after them too. So, how do we stand fast in our faith? There's an old hymn that I'm not going to sing because I ain't no singer, but the lyrics go like this Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of His glory and grace. What does that say to me and you? It says at times it may not be easy. In fact, it may be doggone hard. But men, you can stand fast if you keep your gaze fixed on the source of your strength, which is the Lord Jesus. So what abilities is the Lord looking for in very able men? He's looking for availability. He's looking for dependability. He's looking for mobility. He's looking for compatibility. And friend, he's looking for stability. The next generation of believers depends on you. My question is, are you able? Are you able? Now, I got news for you. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, you're not able. So if God's word is spoken to you today, man or woman, it matters not. If God's word is spoken to you and you're ready to get in the fight, today he offers you to make a decision decision to receive the Son of God Jesus Christ into your life and have and enjoy the strength the ability to win the battle that we're fighting I pray you'll listen to the Lord today and whatever decision he's asking you to make you'd be faithful to make it let me pray for you Father God you are an amazing God And Lord, where we are so weak, you are strong. But Father, we can't claim that promise unless we've claimed your son Jesus as our Savior and Lord. I pray in Jesus' name for the men in this room, and I ask you to do a supernatural work in them, beginning in them themselves as men of God, that they would be husbands of God and fathers of God, Lord, they would declare the abilities that you've given them, Father, to, to stand fast in such a difficult day. But, Father, that strength is not in us. We don't have that ability, but you do. And so, my prayer is that if there's a man in this room, if there is a woman in this room, if there is a child in this room who needs the ability, to wage the war and fight the battle. I pray that they would be willing to give themselves to Christ today and that you would be glorified and you would use them and grant them the abilities they need. Father, we give them to you and we know this is your time. So you speak as you will in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,